With all of the negative financial news from the year 2020, from the businesses shutting down to unemployment rates skyrocketing to the dip of the stock market, which has incidentally um, largely returned to its pre-COVID levels, I wanted to talk today about one segment of the economy that has done well for the average person, and that's mortgage rates. Mortgage rates are generally at really historic lows for people right now, and today we're going to talk with Lee Ayer. She's with Sierra Pacific Morgan. She's just going to we're going to talk about the ABCs and the basics of home mortgages. So I hope that you enjoy. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. So hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast, where we talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies to help you to build and maintain wealth. And today we have a special treat, and we're going to talk about a financial tool that most of us uh, use at some point in our life, and that's mortgages. So today we have a friend of mine, Lee Ayer. Uh, she's going to be explaining some mortgage questions and just really given us the um, everything you always wanted to know about mortgages, but were afraid to ask uh, information. We're gonna, before we get started, we're going to uh, ask Lee a little bit about herself and to tell us about her five children and what's special about her five children. So, hey, Lee, how are you? I'm good. How are you, David? I'm great. So how long have you been in the mortgage business? I am going on 18 years. Uh, March will be 18 years. Okay. And what about these children that you have? Uh, t tell us a little bit about them. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, if you count the, the dogs, there's more than five, but um, I have a son uh, who's 18. He is uh, in the bridge program at Clemson University. So he's a human. He is. Okay. He is. Okay. All right. Um, I have four goats. Uh, they are uh, Waylon, Hank, Loretta, and Cash. Um, and then I have a uh, a dog, CJ, and uh, Coco is another dog that we have. Okay. So it sounds like you have uh, have a bunch of animals and, and maybe a little bit of redneck in you also, but uh, nothing nothing wrong with that at all. So, well, cool. Well, I know that um, recently I actually did a, an, a podcast episode about driving home to the wrong house. And I actually talked about the house that you helped us to buy. And um, I talked about uh, habitually driving home to my old house and how that was um, sometimes our lives are on autopilot and we just do things by habit and some of our financial decisions are based on habit as well. So um, today we're going to talk about mortgages and kind of what you do and just the process about mortgages because I do believe that they're probably a little bit of, of a misunderstood financial tool but there's something that many of us use at, at points in our lives. So um, so let's kind of start off. And um, so let's say I own a house, you know, maybe I bought the house five, 10 years ago, and, and maybe I had bad credit then, or maybe I had good credit, who knows, but, but, you know, the mortgage environments change all the time. So like, how would I know that my mortgage situation for the current house that I own is, is good for me, or, or if you or somebody else might be able to help me to improve it? Um, I recommend a mortgage analysis, a mortgage analysis or checkup is good. Um, to make sure that you are in the right loan for um, where you are. So what are the, I mean, what would a mortgage analysis tell me and, and what, what would you need from me in order to do a mortgage analysis? Cause quite frankly, I'm busy. I don't have time for a whole lot of uh, driving to your office and bringing 17 years of tax returns and bills and all that. So is this a, a simple process or is it something that um, can be streamlined? 
the uh, checkup process is a pretty simple uh, process. Basically, take about 30 minutes of your time to get some basic information um, about you, your credit scenario, your um, financial picture, uh, as well as uh, your current loan, what your goals are uh, with your current loan. Those kinds of things uh, would help us to do a good mortgage analysis for you. And probably most people, I would think, have an inaccurate self-view of their credit. So do you run a credit score or do you just kind of go by whatever I think my credit score might be? Or how would you find that out? We, in order to do a full analysis and a very specific profile for uh, someone, we would need to do a uh, credit report. Um, initially, just to find out whether you know, they think it's worth their while to move forward, we do ask for if they know what their debt picture is like. Uh, we okay. cannot do a full analysis without pulling a credit report. So what do you look like? What do you look at with a debt picture? Are you looking at credit card balances, mortgage balances, car payments, or are credit cards not counted or is, is everything counted or what, what's kind of taken into consideration with a, with a debt picture? Uh, everything is included in that, in that as well as assets. Um, I don't know. I mean, we tend to pay off our credit cards on a monthly basis. So if you get our credit card before the payments due, it may be a couple thousand dollars, but after we pay it, it'll be down to zero or close to it. I mean, how do you take something like that into consideration? Do you take like an average over time or? Well, I mean, we look basically look at credit score and um, the debt ratio. Um, if you have a debt that's on your credit report that's already been paid um, and we can show that that's already been paid. We don't have to count that account in your debt ratio. And what are the major, major factors with, with a credit score? I mean, you see all these, you know, credit repair uh, sites and, and services like that, but what can somebody maybe who, who doesn't have the greatest credit score, and maybe just talk a little bit about kind of what, what, what a really good credit score might be and, and, and what some of the marginal scores are. And then, but, but what are some of the things that people can do to, to help their credit score? Because that certainly can have a huge, huge impact on what type of a mortgage rate and, and even things like your car insurance are affected by your credit. Um, definitely uh, low balances um, on credit cards. Usage, you know, it plays a big role in the uh, credit score. Um, the amount of credit, credit available, you know, whether someone has a lot of new accounts, um, you know, how old their oldest counts, accounts are and those kinds of things. So for someone who's, you know, I've always heard that a good idea when you, when you don't have any credit is to get either whatever credit card you can or even a secured credit card and maybe just buy your gas with it and just pay it off every month. Is that something that kind of helps to establish it within the industry that you are someone that pays your bills? It is. For someone who doesn't or has never had a credit card at all, probably need at least six months of um, activity once that account is opened if they, if they have absolutely no credit. And um, how does how does income kind of balance with credit? In other words, we have listeners on our podcast of, of every income levels, every wealth level, and if I'm someone of of a high high earning potential or high 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 income, does my credit score matter less if if I'm just clearly making enough money to be able to make make that monthly payment? Actually, it does not. I mean, a credit score is is probably the very first thing um, that we look at to determine whether someone qualifies uh, for a mortgage or not. I mean, there are other factors 
but debt to income ratio, you know, that would be something that we would learn after we pulled a credit report. And that's, you know, one of the things that I would love to see happen, and I know that you have a, um, a college freshman, is for us to learn some of the stuff in high school, you know, to learn that that credit report number, that's not just a number, that affects so many different things in your life. Um, and it could be the difference between buying and, and renting a home for sure. And I remember you and I work, worked with someone and, and kind of showed her that she could literally buy a house for less than she's paying for rent and own it over time. And she just didn't quite have that credit score where it needed to be. And once she gets it there, she'll be able to jump into home, home, uh, home ownership, which is one of the biggest, uh, biggest things you can do to, um, to, uh, to, to build wealth instead of paying somebody else's mortgage, you pay your own. So I've had several mortgages in my life and, and out of nowhere, you kind of get a, um, a letter saying, you know, you were with XYZ bank and, and, and now you're with, you know, you're going to write your check to this other bank and, and, and your loan has been sold. So talk to us a little bit about like, why do mortgages get sold? That, that seems like it's just a, a, a lot of work and, um, and does that affect the borrower at all? Okay, um, so mortgage loans are sold. Lenders can choose to either keep the mortgage or they can sell it um, on the secondary market to investors. And um, this frees up money for uh, new loans to be originated. Um, it supports a stronger housing market. Um, it also allows for lower interest rates for mortgages that, that are sold. It does not affect the borrower other than um, the uh, servicing de related details, um, such as where payments are made and payment date, things of that nature. Uh, but there's no term, the terms of the loan do not change. Is it possible that, paper. you know, one bank or one lender might have a little bit more flexible grace periods and things like that to where, you know, if your loan got sold and you're maybe with someone, a bank that's a little bit tighter that could, you know, if things ever really were struggling, you, you'd have a harder time? I mean, each bank's going to have their own guide, guidelines as far as that. I mean, there's some that are have, have like a 10-day grace period on a payment being late, and then some may have a 15-day grace period. So there will be some variances there as far as the, you know, I guess, hardship, any kind of hardship, you know, that'll vary as well with companies. So let's say that I own a home and um, I did a mortgage analysis with you and we're just going to make up numbers, but my, my current mortgage is $1,200 a month. And I got the mortgage seven or eight years ago and, and my rate was really good at the time and it was five and a half percent. But now that uh, the Fed rates are so low, uh, you know, maybe you're able to get me a loan with a much, much, much lower interest rate. And now my, my, my monthly payment might be $900. So I'm saving $300. Uh, so it seems like a good idea to, to refinance my loan. It'll put me in a better position uh, with cash flow per month. Maybe I'll put that extra $300 towards the loan to get it paid off, or maybe I'll put it towards some other debt or savings or who knows what. But, but you know, we, we've decided it's a good idea to refinance. So what would happen at that point? Is it a difficult process or, and how long, you know, generally does it take from the time that we say, yes, we'd like to refinance to when we actually close the loan? So basically, we would get um, your personal information, um, some details about the property. Uh, we have the ability uh, to uh, waive an appraisal if um, there's enough information able to be gathered through the web um, on the property itself. And, Is that like tax uh, records and, and things like that? Well, Basically, it's an underwriting, automated underwriting system that we run the run the loan through, and that tells us whether we need an appraisal or not. Okay. Um, and that is based on, of course, property details that might be available in the system. 
as well as you know the profile for the borrower, the credit okay. profile, the asset profile, the, the income profile, okay. that kind of thing. So and you've decided or your system's decided we don't need an appraisal. Um, but let's say the system decided that you do need an appraisal. Kind of, what is an appraisal, and who pays for it, and 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 what are the potential problems? I mean, are there any potential problems with with an appraisal if if the numbers don't come back like you expected them to? So, with a refinance, um, appraised value is not as I mean it it causes fewer problems on a refinance if there's uh, the appraisal value does not come back. Uh, the borrower does pay for the appraisal upfront. We do order it through a third-party company. If there, if it, if the value came back low, I mean, we can all. There's always a renegotiation uh, process as far as the loan is concerned. I mean, we can, you know, reduce the loan if the appraisal comes back more. I just had one happen where the appraisal came back about eighteen thousand dollars more than the borrower thought their home was worth. So we were, he was able to increase his loan out. So, um, so that's the process as far as the appraisal is concerned. Does the appraisal look at the condition of the house? Like, let's say that the, the roof is just in really bad condition. Could that cause a lender not to want to refinance? It, it, it could. Um, an appraiser is not a licensed roofer. So they uh, actually are not licensed to uh, make judgment on the roof. However, they can recommend that you have a roof inspection done um, to ensure that there's enough life left on the roof. Okay. In order to warrant the value. All right. So the appraisal came back and it looks good or your system said we didn't need an appraisal. So what kind of happens next in, in the process of, of refinancing? Well, while we're waiting for the appraisal to come back, the uh, loan is put into underwriting. Uh, we do obtain personal documentation as far as tax returns, pay stubs, bank statements, um, et cetera. And um, we wait for that information to come back. If an appraisal is needed, that, that loan process. Now, are you personally making these decisions or is there somebody else somewhere that's saying, yes, this person makes enough money or no, they don't make enough money? The file is sent to underwriting. So there are okay. underwriters that are, um, you know, trained to underwrite the particular type of file. There's several loan types that we do. Um, and then there are, there are underwriters that are trained for those particular loan types. So Okay. Um, so that, that process can take anywhere from 30 to 45 days, depending on the volume, you know, of loans that are in the pipeline. Well, and I, I would imagine that, you know, during this time with rates being at historic lows, that there's probably a pretty nice backlog of, um, of files up in underwriting uh, with all, all the refinances happening. I mean, if I'm refinancing, do I have money out of pocket to pay my attorney to pay, you know, are there any fees that need to be paid out of pocket uh, if I'm refinancing typically? The appraisal is paid for out of pocket um, if an appraisal is required. Uh, all other costs can be rolled into the loan provided that the home value comes in um, high enough that uh, you can still meet the minimum requirement with that loan okay. value. So potentially I can pay less money every month for my mortgage and not have any or 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 only have an appraisal for out-of-pocket expense um, if, if, if the cards fall in, in the way that they could. Correct. And you can actually get that appraisal money back at closing if there's enough money um, within that loan to value requirement. Wow. No, that uh, that's that's uh, that's interesting. So let's say I had like 22 years left on my original 30 year loan. Could I do like a new 22 year mortgage? So I'm not extending the term or would it have to be like a 30 year? Well, we have 20 year available as well as 15 year. So, I mean, you can shorten your term uh, or 
or do it without extending it. Okay. And, and let's say I wanted to, and let's say I had enough equity that I wanted to refinance, but also get money so I can do some, some, some upgrades to my home or, 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 or buy something. Um, can you get a cash out loan on, on a refinance? You can do a cash out loan on a refinance. The guidelines are a little bit different for a cash out uh, loan. Uh, the loan to value allowance is a little bit less on a cash out refinance. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's where having a good loan officer comes in to know, uh, know all these guidelines. So let's look at the other end and let's say I live in this house and I just don't want to live there anymore. Um, so I'm starting to kind of look on Zillow and, and some real estate sites and, and I'm looking at some homes and I kind of think I know how much I can afford. Do I call you first to kind of talk about a mortgage or should I call a real estate agent? Who should be the first person I call when I'm thinking about moving and buying a new house? You should call the loan officer. Um, I think that if someone's considering that they should call a loan officer at the very beginning um, of the process or it, when they just start thinking about um, purchasing a home or thinking that may want to do it. I think that you should contact the loan officer when you, in the very beginning stages of thinking about purchasing a home. Uh, you want to make sure that you're looking for homes that are within your budget and not, you know, outside of that. Uh, it's, it's best to know that your budget in advance. And you know, it's interesting, I haven't run any numbers, but with rates being as low as they are now, um, you know, I, I think people might actually be able to afford some houses that are more than more than they thought they could because uh, rates being at, at historic lows. So um, I talk to you and say, hey, you know, I'm looking at um, uh, some houses and here's the price range that they are. Um, do you ask me any questions in, in, in order to kind of get me a pre-approval or talk to me about that process? Yes, uh, it, it's good to kind of know what you're uh, expecting your payment to be, uh, as well as if there's a certain price range that you think you want to be in. Um, there are lots of mortgage calculators online that people use. Uh, those mortgage calculators a lot of times do not include mortgage insurance, which would be required on a loan that you don't put 20% down. Uh, or if you are doing an FHA loan or a USDA loan, uh, those, those loans do have uh, funding fees and um, and mortgage insurance. And that can end up being fairly significant on a monthly basis, correct? Absolutely. So now, uh, so I, I talked to you and, and, and we kind of decided what, um, based on my income and, and my factors, what, a, what value of home I can afford. And, so, and then I pick one out that, uh, that is within that value. So what happens next once we make an offer on a house and let's say that the offer is accepted and it's a house that's, you know, again, it's an acceptable value and, and monthly payment and everything for my situation. What happens next as far as your end goes? The contract would need to be provided to the loan officer so that uh, the loan officer can complete the loan application. And of course, there's documents that need to be signed by the borrower. Uh, doing a lot of that electronically now, there's a few things that uh, require an actual signature, um, but most things can be signed through an electronic uh, platform. Uh, then we, of course, gather all of the pertinent uh, in income and asset documentation. And that's when we provide that information to underwriting, just as we live with a refinance. You know, from the time that that that's that a, a, new, a new client calls you and says, "Yes, we've made an offer on a house. We need to start the mortgage process." I mean, how long? You know, what's the fastest length of time that potentially a mortgage could close and you could buy your new house? So anywhere between you know, again thirty to forty-five days. I mean, most purchases we can close within thirty days. 
if, if it's not a real complex file, um, you, we could potentially close that in less than 30 days if we didn't have to have an appraisal. The appraisal process has taken a little bit longer than normal these days, um, as well as, of course, underwriting um, with the load of files that are there. I actually just got a phone call from from a friend about he wants to refinance and his actual text that he sent me was that I thought this was done, but it appears that this company, it's been 40 days and they haven't done anything. And, and I don't know who it is, but I'm assuming it's, you know, one of those online internet banks. Is somebody crazy if they use one of those banks when when they could have someone like you who more than likely they would even have your personal cell phone number and kind of check, you know, have you checked for them on statuses and make sure that nothing crazy happens with their loan? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think it's important that you have one person that you can contact instead of, you know, like those places they have call centers and you might get a different person every time you call. And it's just, it's a lot harder to get information uh, when you're dealing with an internet bank or, you know, someone that far away. It's good well, to this have a is the biggest person that you could go to their office if you needed to go and sit down and talk to someone. Well, and I remember we joked uh, with our closing attorney that uh, he had your cell phone number on his on his phone. And if there ever was, you know, a problem, he would text you and you would get it fixed or answer it, you know, regardless of any any time of day. And to me, that's a very, very valuable thing when you're dealing with a purchase as large as your home, because your your home is basically, you know, either your first or second biggest, uh, biggest asset. So did you have any, any other mortgage tips, any, any, any crazy situations, any, any questions that you kind of get very often regarding the, uh, the mortgage industry? I mean, of course the, the servicing question, you know, we get that a lot. So if anybody, um, and I know that you're in South Carolina, we have listeners literally all over the world, but um, if anybody in South Carolina would like to get in touch with you, um, either just to talk about their current mortgage and see if it makes sense to make any moves, or if they are considering buying a house, how would somebody get in touch with you? Either by my cell phone, email, or my web address. My cell phone number is 864-958-2399. And my website is leeayer.com, and that's L-E-E-A-Y-E-R.com. Cool. And I know from, from going through the experience of buying a house, they're the two hardest working people or types of people out there are realtors and mortgage, mortgage lenders, because I don't think you ever get to hang up your phone. So, uh, um, and, but I can certainly respect the hustle. And what about if somebody were not in South Carolina, but, um, uh, they feel like just listening, listening to you, you reflect well on Sierra Pacific on your company. How could they potentially get in touch with somebody in Sierra Pacific, uh, at, a, at another time? Um, they can either reach out to me um, through the methods I just indicated or sierrapacificmortgage.com Perfect. and, and we'll put, for a branch locally. Okay. And we'll put all of that information in the show notes. So, hey, I enjoyed this and I know that uh, home ownership is a dream for everybody and um, very few people are fortunate enough to buy you know, their first home or second home for, for cash. So mortgages are a very important financial tool that um, uh, like anything else, having good guidance is very important. So we hope that uh, anybody who's looking at a mortgage will find a competent mortgage professional to guide them through the process. And if anybody would ever like to have a 30 minute consultation about any other aspect of their finances, whether that be in their investments, their retirement, their college planning, or anything like that, you can email me at david at parallel financial 
parallelfinancial.com. That's David at parallelfinancial.com. And we can do a 30 minute either telephone call, Zoom call, or if you're local and if you're comfortable meeting in person, we can even meet in person like people used to do in the good old days, like in 2019. So Lee, we appreciate uh, your time today. And um, maybe we can have you on again to talk about uh, some other aspects of the mortgage industry. Okay.